Hi, welcome to the Movie Club. My name is Miro. I'm Davinia. I'm Kyle. And today we'll be talking about Misery, story about the best-selling novelist Paul Sheldon and his number one fan, Annie Wilkes. It is from 1990, directed by Rob Reiner, starring James Caan as Paul, Katie Bates as Annie, and Richard Farnsworth as the sheriff of the town. And it is based on the same titled book by Stephen King, one of my favorite authors, actually. The story is that uh, Paul Sheldon is on his way home from his Colorado hideaway at Silver Creek after completing his latest book. He crashes his car in a snow blizzard shortly after leaving this Colorado hideaway. Paul is critically injured, but is rescued by former nurse Annie Wilkes, Paul's number one fan, which we'll hear more <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> who takes Paul back to her remote house in the mountains, of course, without bothering to tell anybody. Unfortunately for Paul, Annie's also cuckoo. And <laughs> when she discovers that Paul has killed off the heroine in her favorite novels, her reaction leaves Paul shattered literally <gasps> and her mental state rapidly deteriorates as we go on through the whole story so i think that this was a gripping maniacal performance by katie bates others were good but her definitely stood out for me it's katie bates all the way yeah kathy bates is awesome here it's like career defining role oh i mean holy damn that was crazy <laughs> she's so good and her expressions are so good and the way she refuses to curse is so good and scary that she says dirty birdie and stuff instead of swearing it's so creepy <laughs> that she just refuses wholeheartedly to not like swear at all it's crazy it, it creeps me out i kind of wish that she didn't end up swearing at the end that's the breakage of her mind. Actually, Wilkes has a bipolar disease. Someone with that can have manic episodes as well as depressions. We see it in the movie as she's super happy about him staying and then suddenly it's raining and she's depressed completely. She thinks of mm -hmm. killing herself or also him as well. I mean, of course. She's just absolutely nuts, no matter what it is. Like, she's cuckoo, like you said. And <laughs> her profile is actually the perfect profile for celebrity stalkers. So she's, huh. she's very accurately depicted there. That makes sense. Because she literally is one. She's, like, creeping on him the whole... That's Definitely. why she finds him, because she's already, like, following him around. Yeah. yeah. She knows absolutely every detail of his life. It's insane. Yeah. So, insanity well played. I did yeah. not care for James Caan's performance as Paul. Really? He died recently, by the way. I didn't mean to say bad things about the dead, but... No, I, no, I don't mean that. I mean, go ahead. Like, he, <laughs> he's an actor. Like, he put himself out there. Yeah. But I'm just commenting that he was in a lot of great stuff. Here, wasn't too much professional. I did like the script for his role. I liked how he started being sarcastic and cynical when he knew mm -hmm. his... <laughs> He's done for, right? Yeah. When he knew Annie is mm. a head case, he starts... He messes with her a lot. Listen, how the messing around looked like, and she's like, oh, oops, completely ignored. See, isn't this nice? Great. I always wanted to visit the other side of the room. Ooh, and look what I got for you. Oh, an electric razor. So you can shave yourself now. I knew this was going to be the surprise. I'd have burned all my books. 
Now, don't poke fun. Oh, you kidder. <laughs> For me, like one of the highlights is when he flips her through the window. Yeah, yeah, flips <laughs> her off, yeah. She yeah. was with her pig, which is actually named Misery, and she's waving through the through the window. He's like, fuck you, bitch. I thought he did a good job. I thought he was a good actor in it. She's chewing all the scenery. Like, it's hard to compete with her. The sheriff is a good character. He stands out because he's like more of a quirky guy. But I thought Paul, he's in a lot of pain most of the time, kind of drugged. Like, I thought he did an admirable job. He yeah. certainly looks like he's in pain a lot. James Caan actually one day came drunk to the set and oh. he ruined the whole day of shooting. And then Reiner, the director later, told him that it was a problem in the lab when they were developing the film. So they had to scrap the whole day and they didn't do it again. To James' credit, when he found out what actually happened, he offered to pay for the wasted time. But still, is it professional yeah. to show up drunk to your work? No, right? In many other jobs, that would be firing offense. That's interesting, but that's not why you don't like the his acting. As you said, of course, any... <laughs> overshadowed every scene yeah, that she was yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. a thing. The her acting is just too good. He's very like subtle and dry in his humor for the part. I think he did a good job, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like that for her is like a career moment. People really remember her in misery in that movie. And yeah, he's he's just the it's not the same kind of role for him. I love that pig. Super cute. Oh, man. The only good thing about that house. <laughs> Holy damn. Why? The house was good. No, I mean, I would eh. live in that house. I would not, for sure. <laughs> it was so crazy. Not that specific house. The little penguins everywhere and some, you know, like, oh my God, what a crazy lady. Those figurines are in the story. Paul got out from the room because she locked him in, of course, <laughs> when he found out he screwed. And when he Obviously. got out to look for help, he found those figurines and accidentally tripped one right yep but yeah, he called it and put it in a wrong way immediately i was like yeah. she's gonna know that's the kind of woman she is man oh yeah she's gonna know plus they like focus on it like we know it's gonna be a problem but then it's forgotten about for a while she brings it up again later but then we know she knew for a while but didn't say anything or do i think she wasn't it. sure or maybe yeah. she wanted to find out what he's up to mm-hmm mm-hmm these kind of crazy people, they wait until they can actually do something to you based on that information. Because him yeah. going out is not that much that bad as when she found out he's going out, he already taken out the knife and took some extra pain medication to... Oh, it was later. It was his second try. There what was a, two times he left the two room, times. I believe. So once he took a knife and mm-hmm. she found the out and then, and then took the knife and told him, yeah... I knew, and we are yeah. going to take care of that by that <laughs> wonderful operation. Oh my god! Hobbling. I cannot. But I remembered it being like worse. It was worse in my memory. I, I I remembered there being more of a close-up shot of it happening to his foot. For me, seeing it for the first time, just seeing that foot flopping about—that was crazy. She basically takes a wood block, puts it between his shins, and with a sledgehammer breaks his legs near the ankle. Yeah, with no hesitation, by the way. I'll say that too. She does a clean job. She does it. And the sounds were enough, I think. It's well done. I just, in my mind, it's one of those Mm -hmm. things, right? The way I remembered it was so much more graphic. It's a testament to how effective the film is. 
and it's filming and framing. They don't even show the second one, but they don't need to. No, no, they've shown enough. Um, You've heard enough. (laughs) It's a great thriller that really keeps you. Now I I sound like a movie trailer. It's a great thriller that keeps you (laughs) on the edge of your seat, but it does. It's one of those movies where there's just so much tension, like when he's getting out of the room and you know, she's coming back and there's so many moments like that where he's doing things behind her back or trying to do things. And she's such a wild card. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. I loved that part when he knew she's coming back and he rushed back to his room. He locked his door and then he mm. was sitting there all sweaty because he was rushing, right? And she's like, what, what happened, Paul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he quickly on his ass, I wouldn't say on his feet because he couldn't after hobbling, <laughs> poor, poor but immediately <laughs> thought of wonderful explanation. with perspiration your color is very hectic what have you been doing you know damn well what i've been doing i've been sitting here suffering i need my pills poor dear let's get you back in bed and i'll get you left me here without medication i need my medication oh let's put you back in bed no 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 No. i need my medicine (laughs) right away please (laughs) also what about his broken plan his first plan to drug her oh yeah it's so sad do you think she knew when he suggested that dinner to her i'm not sure i'm not sure because it seems so natural i don't think so Hmm. what do you don't think so did she knew i don't think she knew but i mean it's like you can't say for sure i thought about it too but just the way she does it it just really seems like an accident you know she she knows uh, the side her penguin faces it is not such a stretch to think that she knows how many painkillers she has Mm, that's a really good point actually you're right and because he did take like a full full packet so she if she saw that he was out she might have started looking around at other stuff noticed that yeah you're, you're right and she didn't want to spoil the wonderful fictional evening that they have are having. So she made it look like, you know, even in her head, even for herself, like, oh, oh, Sam's such a klutz. I think the fact that we don't know for sure puts us more in like his position. He's probably wondering the same thing in some small way. I think that's interesting to not really know that or have that confirmed. But I, I suspect you're right. Thinking back on it. I felt so bad for him. He worked so hard to get that. And to make it right into the powder. Slowly but surely, making the little paper cup to put it all in. Ah. It's not like my favorite movie, but I think for what it is, it's like maybe nearly a perfect type of that film or like a perfect version of that type of film. Just every shot, every scene does is doing something for the movie, moving it forward. And it just doesn't feel like there's anything extraneous in it i think it was enjoyed by critics and by audiences pretty equally do you agree davinia that it is concise oh yeah absolutely especially because again as he's saying every scene is giving you one more piece to worry about for example the whole beginning she's pretending to be this good person who's helping them but all of a sudden he just cuts off and she gets real and she's like look no one's coming blah 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 Don't even think about anybody coming for you. Not the doctors, not your agent, not your family, because I never called them. Nobody knows you're here. And you better hope nothing happens to me. Because if I die, 
you die. And from then on, every scene is just spot on. You get something more to be like, oh my God, she's crazier than I thought. No, you haven't seen yet anything. By the end is when you're like, holy damn, she was really a nutcase. I do like very much the side story of the sheriff and his wife. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. Cute couple. You know that sass that they had between each other? Mm -hmm. Well, whoever she is, she sure likes to read a lot. Virginia? I'm flattered that you think I've got that much energy. I figured that if I can't find Paul Sheldon, at least I can find out what he wrote about. What do you expect to find? A story about a guy who drove his car off a cliff in a snowstorm? You see, it's just that kind of sarcasm that's given our marriage real spice. Yeah, he's great. There's a nice little back and forth there. And that's what makes it so shocking and devastating, like when he gets shot. Yeah, I was actually quite shocked that she went to such lengths. But um, it was in her profile when he went out in, on those rare occasions from his room and found out that memory lane, right? Oh, my Diary. God. Oh, yeah. The conveniently placed memory lane. <laughs> Extremely on the nose memory lane. Newspapers cut out. Yeah, newspapers from her other victims. It's a classic storytelling uh, or film technique, right? Showing like newspaper headlines, just the economy of telling her whole backstory there. But it's interesting because there's so many murders and things she's responsible for. The pages go by too quickly. I actually posted and read it in some of those articles and they're actually written. It's not just mumbo oh, yeah. jumbo. I always do that in film. I like to do that too. Pause on book. If they're reading a book, but you can read it, the page or something. Like I always like to see what if they actually put <laughs> they in something. They always come up with copy. Sometimes in news articles, they repeat the same couple sentences over and over. But the first sentences will make sense with the film or like whatever. It's not like Laura Mipsum or something. So that'd be an interesting job to do that, to have to write like all the ephemera for a film or something like that. That nobody is ever really going to look at unless you're a member of the movie club. We do look at it. I think they saved a lot of time doing that Memory Lane album. What are you going to do? Like a flashback or something? Like it's, yeah, it works. So she killed her husband, her roommate from the nursing school, and then countless babies. There's something kind of classic, like Hitchcockian almost about using the newsreels like that and stuff. I think in this kind of film where it's kind of like a pulp, pulpy kind of story, it's Stephen King. He's not a, you know, it's not great high literature or something. So it's like a kind of a pulpy thing to do. I found it a very good book adaptation. Have you read the book? Yes, and some of the Stephen King's books are not well translated into film, like mm. Pet Cemetery. That was a tragedy. Which version of that are you talking about, though? The new ones. Uh, those were tragic. Those I couldn't even finish. It was horrible. The one from the late 80s is pretty good. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that yet, so yeah. maybe I'll give it a chance. But the new ones, the recent ones... Bleh. I... I'm not a Stephen King fan myself. I don't like him as a writer. With me, he achieved that he's the only author that I'm actually scared when I'm reading some of his short stories, for example. Case in point, I very much liked how Annie tried to dress everything up. Everything in her house was ordered. She knew which way her penguin was facing. And even the preparation for their suicide murder, she prepared it on a tray, match on a little doily and the glasses of champagne and the bottle and all nicely arranged but inside she's deranged that's how she wanted to present to the outside and inside she was cool but the interesting point though is that yeah she was number one fan 
but didn't respect his decision in the book. Mm -mm. She wasn't his number one fan. She was Misery's number one fan. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. She didn't understand herself, I think, many times. Because mm. again, she keeps saying, I love you. I love the way you write. I love everything. Mm -hmm. But it, that isn't true. What she loves is the story he told. No, no, no. I think she knew very well. She always does this, Annie Wilkes, that she presents like she doesn't know. And she knew. In, deep inside, I think she knew mm -hmm. exactly what she's doing. When you love something, you feel like it has some responsibility to you or owes you something. Or like when they mess up Star Wars, you feel like it's a personal assault. And so I can understand the idea of like being angry. Davinia's point is if she was his number one fan, she would just like everything that he does. But she says to him, this isn't worthy of you, which happens all the time. Writers you like, directors you like, all these people, they can make like a flop. So he'd been working on a brand new novel, totally unrelated to Misery, because the book where he kills Misery was just about to come out. So while that mm -hmm. was in the publishing process, he's working on a totally new book, which she reads and doesn't like right away. Yes. Then she gets the latest Misery book as it comes out while he's there. And he's kind of thinking like, oh, shit. <laughs> she's not going to take this well. <laughs> no, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew at the time. There's a certain point, I think, where he realizes like, okay, she's like, I'm almost done. Like, it's not, it's not going to go well. Also, let's point out that she makes him burn the new book, which is quite the scene, <laughs> I must say. I think he's written by that point, like eight misery books. Yeah. And... He says early on that like he didn't intend for this to be his whole career. So it's almost something like, yeah, when you write something like Harry Potter or something like that, and then that's like the only thing you can do. And so he's finally written this more like personal book after so long and to have it just burned like that. Just but not having it. He gets wonderful revenge on her. Oh, yes. Oh by writing God. the perfect ending to Misery that r will resolve all the mysteries and all the questions she's had about the characters and who her real father was or something and like who, who she'll really end up marrying, whether it's the Duke of something or this other guy. Yes, he wrote it and he teased her. I loved how he teased her. Like, this is it. Like, he mm -hmm. held the typewriter ending chapter. He's like, this is it. Everything is here. And then he yeah. threw it on the floor and burned it he's like no you can't do it and he said i learned it from you <laughs> and at the end it came down to a typewriter <laughs> yep <laughs> yep smashed her over the head with the typewriter i like the foreshadowing of that with him lifting weights with the typewriter trying to get a stronger upper body strength mm -hmm. right while he's, yeah. while he's trapped let's reveal the votes i'm very curious to see how did you two voted on this I will reveal first that I am giving this 9 out of 10. One point lost for James Caan. Wow. He brought the whole thing down from a 10. Yeah. Him alone. Yeah. His drunken antics, or was it really like the film itself? Something was missing for me. I can't describe it. I would like to see it maybe. I don't know what I want until I see it, right? So I would like to see it done by a different actor. Maybe I would mm. conclude that it is actually good with James Caan. Mm. Well, I love James Caan. Rest in peace. For me, it's a it's a solid seven. It's a fun watch, but it's ultimately, yeah, a Stephen King story. So the three points is for your hate for Stephen. No, it's just a good. It's a good seven. Is good. That's an above average, like solid film. And the vignette don't say seven. Yes. Nice. Baby. Really? Mm hmm. I and we don't share our scores. We don't. Or scoring. We're just we really don't. In sync. 
All right, and there it is, everybody. That was our episode on Misery. Our average rating for this one was 7.7 out of 10. We'd love it if you rate us on your favorite podcast platform, and you can find more movie reviews by the movie club there. You can join the movie club by visiting our Patreon page and subscribing to one of our membership tiers. The link's in the description of the episode. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about the man who wasn't there. So don't forget to check it out. See ya. See ya.